the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. Socialpeta is the world's leading advertisement, creative spy, and analysis platform dedicated to offering top ad creatives and marketing strategies for both advertisers and publishers. Serving as an essential ad and marketing intelligence platform, Socialpeta focuses on ad intelligence, cost intelligence, super important, and ad creatives. They have over 200 enterprise clients, including the big guys, Google, Supercell, FunPlus, and so many more. Go check them out. It is socialpeta.com. That, once again, is socialpeta, like a pet, peta.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads and obviously your revenue. And today, welcome, actually, to another YouTube live stream. Thank you guys for joining who are here live. Thank you to those many of you will be watching this on the on the replay so thank you guys so much i'm honored that you guys join us every week week in and week out and today we're going to talk all about how do you fund your apps growth because typically and i've shared this in the past you want to fund it in the very beginning to drive those initial users to really get us get some feedback on retention engagement monetization all that stuff but then when you're making money how do you really scale up that growth. And today I've got a phenomenal guest for you. His name is Mark Loranger. He is the co-founder and COO at Get Bravo. They're going to help you really get, I'll tell Mark, I'll let Mark tell you all about it, but they're going to help you use the revenues that you're generating from your apps to further your apps growth and help you fund your apps growth. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully I can bring the same level of enthusiasm that you have. I, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for that. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. It's all on this. Mark, tell me a little <laughs> bit about Bravo. I know I, I told a little bit about sure. it, but I'll, I'll share the website as well. Yeah, so, so Bravo is a uh, five-year-old company. Uh, we are a tech company uh, that, that provides uh, non-dilutive revenue-based financing to mobile apps and mobile gaming businesses. So we are a funding platform. Uh, it, all, it is all powered by technology, um, and and uh, what we do is we look at a, a business's uh, you know so core metrics, everything from revenue to re engagement, retention, uh, cost of a customer acquisition. We can provide a couple different types of funding uh, based upon those performance metrics. We also have a pretty robust analytics platform that supports our customers making better decisions. So hopefully they can grow their businesses and continue to scale, uh, and we can help fund that growth. Nice. And what's the cost for this? 
So, so we, we charge fixed fees on our financing. So generally it's cents on the dollar. Uh, when I say non-dilutive, I mean, we don't take any equity. So very much different than a uh, traditional VC or seed fund. Uh, we don't take a chunk of your company. We charge cents on the dollar. Uh, and you know, some of our customers uh, also raise venture capital. They raise angel investment. Uh, there's a time and a place for different types of, of funding. And we can talk a lot more about that today. Uh, but our funding is totally non-dilutive. Um, it is a fixed fee form of funding. So uh, cents on the dollar. Uh, to get access to capital to, to scale. Nice. Yeah, there's an analytics platform that I've checked out as well. So definitely mm -hmm. go check that out as well. Cool. Hey, Mark, let's talk about this. Like, when do you feel like is like, because a lot of our audience are founders, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. when do you feel like it's the right time to start investing in some growth? Well, you know, I, I think it, in, investing, if, if you if you talk about it broadly, it's it's essentially um, getting the resources you need to build your business, right? Uh, and so resources can be in the form of, of capital, um, could be some sort of funding, uh, or resources in the form of time. Uh, you know, people who have the ability to, to develop their own apps and games, certainly put their own sweat equity into, into development. Um, so if you don't have that and you have an idea, then you have to invest very early on in sort of turning an idea into a, an MVP, a product of some sort. Um, typically, that's driven by friends, family, uh, your own sort of savings uh, to, get a, to get a product built. And at that point, you can start thinking about other ways to, to continue to fund and grow your business. Um, so uh, from the point at which you've actually built some form of an MVP, uh, whether you've done it yourself or whether you've paid a, a development shop uh, to build that, um, at that point, uh, you have to look at sort of your plans for growth, uh, what you hope to build as a business. And then you work your way back from where you wanna be to where you are today. Uh, and make decisions about the types of funding you want to raise. Um, so I think a lot about financing and funding uh, is 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 not just about what you need today, but what where you really want to be as a business. What you're hoping to build? Uh, are you trying to build a billion dollar unicorn, or are you trying to just fund a project that hopefully can be a uh, maybe making you some money on the side? Maybe you can stay self-employed by generating enough capital to to pay your bills, uh, quit your job, and, and just focus on this as a as a sort of a um, your your own business, um, or are you trying to build something really large, hire a bunch of people? Um, you know, those decisions really play into how you choose to fund your business from the earliest stages. Uh, so there isn't one sort of right way of doing it, but I think at the very least, until you have a product built, um, the only way to do that is to fund it out of your own pocket or from friends and family. I know you come from a finance background. So when you're looking at it from a finance background, let's think about the different stages. So now that you've built the product, you've launched yeah. it, maybe you want to invest some capital. And I do recommend investing some capital just to get that initial growth so you can take a look at the metrics. But from a, from a person like you, I have no finance yeah. background, but like, what sure. are you looking at from a metrics perspective? You're like, all right, let's invest a little bit more capital. Yeah. So your, your point's really good, right? Uh, just having a product is not going to get you very far. Uh, you need to you need to generate some users, right? And so you do need to put some investment into to sort of acquiring users. Um, whether you invest in ASO, uh, whether you invest in paid user acquisition, um, you need to get users through the product to see if people engage and to see if they monetize. Um, there are uh, unique occasions where you're never going to want to monetize, right? Until you have massive scale. Um, you know, these are some of these these viral sort of social networks, for example, uh, where there isn't monetization built into the experience is assumed at some point in the future it'll happen. Most apps don't have that benefit. So driving users to your product to see if you can monetize, that's a good way to tell if people actually want what you're building. Um, so so that, that early investment, at least uh, to your point, is whether you do that out of your own pocket or you raise some money to do that, you need to get users using the product. For us, you know, because we are providing revenue-based funding, um, one of the fundamentals is you need to be creating revenue already to access funding from Bravo. What we look at in terms of the way we think about what company would qualify is 
how do we get repaid? Um, and that's where it splits from our type of funding versus equity funding. When you raise equity, you're not thinking about how you're going to repay the investors. The investors are hoping you're building a very valuable business. And at some point in five or 10 years, it'll be worth 100x what they paid, right? So they're going to get 100x return on the dollar. For us, because we are only expecting a few cents return on the dollar, we have a much lower risk profile. So we're thinking about how is this business, how is this app going to continue generating revenue so we can get paid or repaid in a reasonable amount of time with a, with a goal, with an aim to redeploy that capital back into that business as quickly as possible so we can help the company scale. But again, in the context of can it continue to generate revenue? Can it continue to retain users to create more value from those users over time? Can it continue to acquire users profitably? So we look at, from, from our funding, we look at revenue creation, um, revenue retention, uh, user retention, user engagement, and also the cost to acquire users. Those are sort of the fundamental elements of what it takes for us to make a decision on uh, how we fund a business. And then is there a minimum revenue threshold that you try to look at? Like if our audience is interested in working with Bravo, yeah. do you kind of say like, you should be earning this much before you even consider? Yeah, usually for us, it's around $10,000 a month uh, as a minimum uh, to qualify for Bravo funding. The reality is because we're funding based on revenue, um, we can only fund up to a certain amount of either current revenue or what we believe you can achieve in, in, in the not too distant future. And so for us, if we're funding a company that's making 5K a month, we might be able to only offer 5K. And, and realistically, you're not going to get your business substantially ahead on, a little, uh, on a, an incremental additional $5,000. Um, you know, maybe when you get to 10, maybe when you get to 10K a month in revenue, uh, you know, a $10,000 budget to sort of prove out user acquisition channels might actually really push you further along. Um, but also there's there's transaction costs to working with any company, um, whether you're a funding platform like Bravo or B2B SaaS, there's transaction costs, there's a cost of customer acquisition. And so for us, for a company that's earning less than 10K, it's usually hard for us to work with them. We don't believe we create enough value for businesses that are that small to really push them forward. And it's also sort of a, a, the same metric that we think about, which is the customer acquisition cost versus the value that, that we may get down in the long term. And the value of a Bravo is that it takes forever for Google and Apple to pay you guys. So like when you have yeah. that revenue and you want to reinvest, you found a marketing channel that's really exploding TikTok, Facebook, Apple search ads, and you want to reinvest in that, but you don't have the capital to do that, but you've burned the money. Well, yeah. Bravo is going to look at that data and then give you that money faster. Sure. Yeah. So, so just to expand on that a little bit, the, you're you're what you're you're sort of referencing one of our two financing products. So we actually have two financing products. Um, the right. first one is the one you reference, which is receivables-based financing. So, so Google and Apple take a long time to pay out, anywhere between net fifteen to net thirty. Um, that means as many as forty-five to sixty days for when you earn the money to when you're getting paid. And if you're trying to grow and you're trying to reinvest in your business, waiting two months to, to, to get that get that revenue you previously earned to reinvest can be really painful, particularly if there's an opportunity to really scale. So, so the receivables-based receivables funding product uh, is the one that really helps you accelerate based on the earn, revenue you're earning every single day, uh, reinvesting that as quickly as possible. Um, that creates compounding growth over time if you're reinvesting that money effectively. The other product that we offer, which is more data-driven, right? That's the product that, that looks at acquisition costs, looks at long-term engagement and retention metrics, um, LTV to CAC. Um, that's a user acquisition funding product where we're actually funding based upon future revenue. So we're funding based upon the belief that your business will create revenue in the future based upon what you're doing today and how you're executing. Is it this one? Yep. So, okay. so there's two products, right? Accelerate right. is this accelerating the revenue that you've earned, but you've not been paid. 
Mm -hmm. And then extend is, is really sort of doubling down on growth opportunities based upon core metrics that we're talking about. Everything from the top of the funnel, which is the acquisition side, all the way to the, the end of that sort of user lifetime where they're engaging with your product at day 30, day 60, day 90. Uh, they're renewing their subscriptions, for example. They're, they're making that purchases after they've been with you for a long time. Um, you know, to the extent that uh, a business can retain users and continue to monetize, continue to create value downstream, you know, we believe, you know, investing more upfront and, and capturing that value uh, over the, the, you know, the next six to 12 months um, is really, really interesting as well. And, and in some cases, it, you know, it's, it's um, the, the difference in value is how quickly can you reinvest? You know, if you reinvest really quickly for profitability, um, you know, accelerating your revenues, if you reinvest, if you're investing today for, uh, you know, a revenue stream that'll last for six or 12 months, um, you know, you can buy more users today. Uh, we can help with that as well. Love it. Okay. Let me say, we've got a question for you, Mark, but I'm gonna give you a break from all the talking that you've been doing. I want to sure, say hi to you. Joe. How's it going, Bianca? Good to always see you. Drink drama. What's happening? And then we've got Aiden all the way in London. How you doing, Aiden? We've got Hugh, who's gonna, we're gonna take a look at his app, Mark, who's got the English hero. Johan who's always here every week. Good to see you. He's a young entrepreneur, Mark. It's always good to see these young guys doing it, huh? Absolutely. Alex is here. How's it going, man? Byron. And then MS Eastro, English hero. There you go. Looking forward <laughs> to it. You had to change it. All right, Mark. The the thing that somebody put into the comments is, you know, Bianca said, so is Bravo like a bank loan? You you have to be making money in order to do it. And then on a follow-up similar to that, Ugly Post said, just get a bank loan if you're already making consistently doing 10K a month. How, what would you say to that? Well, you know, uh, it, it's, it's easier said than done, right? Um, bank loans are... Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of strings attached to bank loans, depending on where you are in the world, whether you're in the U.S. or in Europe. Um, you know, we're working with companies that are doing anywhere from 10K to three or four million a month in revenue. Um, many of those companies could go get a bank loan, but they choose to work with Bravo because we're incredibly convenient and seamless to work with. Uh, there's not a lot of hoops to jump through. There's not a lot of requirements on the side of the entrepreneur. We don't take personal guarantees, for example. Uh, and we're built specifically for mobile app businesses. Um, if you try to pitch a bank, uh, for a loan, uh, when you're talking about a mobile app business or a mobile game, um, what we've experienced, and, and this is from personal experience as well, because I used to work at a bank, um, banks don't get your business. Um, so in some places, um, bank loans are a little bit easier to get, certain certain countries in Europe, for example, but we have many customers in Europe as well who, in theory, could go get a bank loan, but they choose to work with us. You know, Mark, what, I, what I've experienced too is sometimes, you know, we live in this bubble in the U.S. and we think capital is just readily available everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then when you go out to other countries, you're like, it's really not that readily available. And so you yeah. need to leverage a Bravo to really get that money to drive that growth. I work with a lot of people from, I don't say like which countries, but like I think Russia might be one. So I might not be right on these countries, but I've heard from yeah. others just talking to developers. It's like, look, man, it's not that easy. Yeah, I mean, the reality is it really depends on where you are in the world, um, your access levels to capital. Um, certainly, if you're in Silicon Valley, there's lots of VCs and, and seed stage investors that want to uh, make equity investments, uh, but there are arguments against taking equity because you're selling a chunk of your business. So even in the case when there's lots of money floating around, it should be the right type of money. Uh, in other places like e Europe, Eastern Europe, for example, uh, it's much harder to get any sort of financing. Uh, my co-founder is actually originally from Belarus, which is a former Soviet Republic. And, um, you know, the, the, a lot of the ideas and the sort of the, the background behind Bravo comes from his experience uh, as, as an entrepreneur himself. Um, so, you know, really, depending on where you are in the world, the access to capital may be, may be more or less limited. Um, as I think I told you, Steve, before the, the podcast, we, we work with uh, customers in over 25 countries. That's North America, Europe, Eastern Europe, and a few other 
uh, jurisdictions throughout the world. You know, the mobile app economy is a global economy and we really are a global financing solution. Um, you know, sort of democratizing the ability to access capital. If you've built a decent business that's generating revenue, um, you know, we can be a great partner where otherwise you may not have access to, to any other solutions like ours. Hey Mark, just out of curiosity and, you know, say, I can't share that data, Steve, but like, yeah. are most of your customers, like, what are they leveraging? And then I guess, you know, are they leveraging Facebook ads and, you know, Apple search ads? Is there any insights on like what channel seems to be the most effective for a lot of your customers? Well, you know, it's always evolving, right, Steve? Um, I think if you asked me this question three or four years ago, I'd say, you know, uh, it's almost almost entirely Facebook um, and Instagram is, is part of the Facebook ecosystem, right? Um, what we've seen over the past six months, probably more so than ever, is is a, is a uh, an attempt at developers to diversify more and more uh, the, acquis the, the acquisition channels, in, in part because some of the challenges with scaling Facebook and Facebook profitability have been um, pretty interesting since COVID hit. Uh, we've seen a lot of changes in in, in how uh, bidding and, and how profitability can, can be measured through Facebook. So we see customers starting to use uh, Apple search ads, Google ads, for example, Google, Google UAC. Um, TikTok and Snapchat are emerging quite a bit, of course, and, and um, a lot of that depends on your audience, uh, you know, what sort of demographics you're advertising to. So if you're looking for a younger audience, you might you might go to the, one of the platforms where more younger people are spending their time, Snapchat or TikTok, for example. Uh, and then, of course, if you're a gaming business, you know, a lot of the, the gaming focused ad networks uh, can be really successful as well. Again, it depends on the medium, uh, the types of ads you're trying to run, you know, and, and, you know, which platforms you can find success. But, you know, certainly Facebook is still the leader, but I would say their leadership position uh, in terms of the gross spend that we measure through our platform, it's definitely gone down compared to some of these other channels. And uh, I'd be curious to see if, if if you're seeing the same thing uh, with the, with the companies that you're working with. Yeah, no, totally. I've seen that yeah. too. I mean, they do always recommend Facebook as a, a starting point, but then mm -hmm. yeah, like a lot of people are moving towards TikTok, towards Snapchat and trying out different channels and seeing really cost-effective channels through, through there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, go for it. just to, just to like like fill in the uh, the gaps there. You know, uh, you know, two years ago, um, you know, I, I would often give the the recommendation to focus only on Facebook. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I include Instagram when I say Facebook. Oh, focus only on Facebook. Don't distract yourself with the other platforms because Facebook is the most scalable. It's the most cost effective. Uh, the other platforms, um, they, you may be able to get some users there, but they don't scale as well. You have to use different creatives. You have to build different skill sets. And now, you know, it's, it's honestly, we're giving the opposite um, advice, which is try to diversify earlier uh, in, in sort of your growth because you're going to need to do that pretty quickly. Oh, I like that. Okay, great. Bianca says, it makes sense. Bravo wants to invest in an app company that is already successful, already see, mm -hmm. already making money. What advice yeah. do you give to those who are making less than 10K? Yeah, so uh, Bianca, I don't know if I answered her question, the, the previous question as well, which is, um, you know, uh, if, if you, um, well, I guess I lost my train of thought there trying to remember her previous question. So <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about, yeah, let's, let's talk about um, what to do if you're making less than 10K. Well, uh, again, you know, I'll, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier in the conversation, which is, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to build a really large business? Are you trying to get, um, you know, you're trying to hire a team of people uh, to help you sort of achieve some really massive vision, or is this a project, right? So let's just say in the, the, the first example, you're trying to build a really massive business. If you're making less than 10K a month in revenue, you're never going to be able to build a business if you can't hire people. And you can invest tremendously, millions of dollars potentially in product and, and user experience and, and content to support that product. And you can accept the, if it's a game. So, so if you are trying to build a really massive business and you're not really monetizing yet, really the only path you have right now 
uh, is to raise equity. Um, and equity being raising money from seed stage investors or raising money from uh, VCs, depending again on that vision that you have. How, how big can this thing be? How many people in the world will pay you for your product, whatever that product may be? Um, and, and so, you know, if you're making very little money, again, for a business like ours, we're charging cents in the dollar. There has to be a really clear path to getting repaid. Otherwise, we're never going to make any money. We're never going to be successful. I'm trying to build a business, right? Um, so, so if you're making a little bit of money, um, you need to start growing and you need, to, you need to sort of push that through, again, raising outside capital or, you know, if, if it's your own time, your own energy, continuing to incrementally find ways to acquire users um, through unpaid channels uh, and, and sort of get to a point where you can start generating enough revenue to, to see a path to reinvesting that revenue effectively. And that's where a partner like Bravo can, can get involved. Um, we, don't, we don't require our customers to raise lots of equity, right? And so one of the benefits of working with Bravo is as soon as you start making some money, you can work with us and then you can choose your own adventure, right? Um, you can start growing again, you can start reinvesting faster. Uh, and then, you know, in six months from now or a year from now, if you're like, okay, now I'm ready to really blow this thing up, well, then you can raise a bunch of outside equity uh, and take that path, or you can continue working with Bravo and incrementally growing your business. We retain customers for years. So, so I mentioned we've been around for five years. We launched in late 2015. Two of the first four customers we acquired are still customers all these years later because they've decided to take a path that we're going to continue to incrementally grow our business, um, retain control, not sell equity, uh, and see where we can take this thing, see how profitable we can build this business over years, over years of time, hire teams, uh, you know, control our quality of life, which which doesn't necessarily happen when you start raising lots of outside capital. Um, and so that's the path that, that you can take as well. But again, you have to get to that point where there's enough momentum for some funding partner to believe that there's a way for them to to be successful with you. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Mark. What I would add on to Bianca is think about the, the product. So, you know, we did a case study and I'm sure you were there, Bianca, but the 17 X, we looked at the geometry solver. He's making about a dollar a day. We've grown that since just optimizing the product to now, you know, over uh, close to a hundred dollars a day. So we've like 30, I mean, we've like 30 X the, it was like $30 a day, but we've 30 X the revenue. And now Rudy, I think he might be listening if he watches, but he's been testing out a lot of different things and he's running search ads. So it was just a little bit and having talked to him, it was just like, by coincidence that I picked out his app, we worked together and optimizing the product, optimizing the monetization. So a lot of it, if you have some downloads already from organic traffic, then optimize the product. You might just be missing some key little things that will just tip the, the monetization. So focus on the product, talk to your users as much as possible. Yeah. That, I mean, by the way, that's, that's excellent. That's excellent advice. Focus on the product, right? Um, if you start buying users and their product doesn't retain customers, it's just a leaky bucket. Uh, and leaky buckets don't don't ever don't ever find success. So if you focus on the product, if you can actually make the product work for the customers, people will. If, if people are willing to pay you for that product, that means you built something of value. Uh, retain those customers for as long as possible. Delight them in any way you can. Um, you know, and 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 then you can be confident when you're to add sort of fuel to the fire. It's not spending money, and and that money is turning right out. Um, product product optimization is 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 by far the most valuable thing. You know. One of the one of the fundamental hypotheses that we had when we started this business was if we can measure the value that a product creates in the hands of end users over time, we can provide funding that is low cost uh, that that can help businesses grow, uh, and that that is measured through engagement and retention. You know, we talk a lot about user acquisition. We talk a lot about uh, profitable, uh, low you know low cost user acquisition on Facebook, but if you can engage and retain users over time, 
that's really, that's value. That's value creation. And if you can prove you can do that value creation piece, then you should be a lot more confident about scaling. Love it. All right. We'll zip through some of these questions as well. We got a lot okay. coming in. Josh Adams says, what appeal does Bravo have to small apps that have tried Facebook ads and have lost money? Well, you know, so, so, you know, our, our product, the revenue acceleration product um, is, is there, there's no tie in there to profitable user acquisition. So, so there's no requirement. That's it's, it's working capital. If you're a business that just needs to access working capital more efficiently, um, you can think of it sort of like a, a credit line that you can choose to use or not use. Um, you know, so we have some customers that are not spending profit on Facebook, but they are effectively growing their business and they have an opportunity to reinvest money in growth. That's an argument to work with Bravo if you're not profitable on Facebook, if you have another way of growing your business effectively. If you don't have a, if you haven't figured out how to grow your business, then you shouldn't really take any funding until you, you figure out the ways in which you're going to grow. Um, you take funding to grow in one way or another. Um, and, and if you're taking funding only to survive, you know, we're not a great partner for you. And, 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 and you know, I, I, would, I would encourage you to avoid taking any type of funding or financing. If you haven't figured out, you don't have a clear vision uh, and potentially some data to support it about how you're going to grow, whether or not that is through paid acquisition. Completely agree. Love it. Okay. Sam says, what are your thoughts on Google search ads? Well, Google search ads versus Google UAC. Do you, do you think, do you think it specific to search ads, Steve, uh, or, or UAC? Google is putting, I correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but I thought Google is like transitioning everything to UAC and being like, yes, Hey, I think you know, Exactly. I, I, th I think that's the case too. So, okay, so let's, let's, let's assume it's UAC. Um, we've seen companies uh, get better and better results from Google ads over the past year or two, uh, a year or two ago, again, going back to my previous answer, uh, the, it was Facebook all the way. Um, now we're seeing more and more success with Google uh, through their, through their UAC Google ads platform. Um, I think that depending on your the category of your business and genre and gaming, um, there's there, we've seen um, different levels of success with Google Ads. Uh, also, your audience um, are you are you advertising to primarily U.S. based audience or Europe? Um, I, I think companies uh, targeting different geos will will see different success um, with Google Ads. But in general, I would encourage most most people to try to make Google Ads work alongside trying to make Facebook work. Yeah. I like it. All right, Johan, and I can jump in here a little bit too. Johan said, ideas to acquire users without capital. Johan, we have tons of stuff. Like if you just look up at marketing <laughs> with no budget, I have videos on that. I have the side hustle videos, which I really love. So I'm, looking, I'm always looking for, and I love this, Mark, right? Like I love talking yeah. to founders who found creative ways because a lot of my audience are going to be entrepreneurs, whether they're bootstrap or not, but I love thinking about creative ways. And even if they had a lot of money, I still love creative ways of how to grow down without spending money. But think about that, Johan, like, you know, the comments in there said that being active in your niche, provide value, things like that. We've seen Reddit being successful. So it all depends on your app, but there's a lot of creative ways in there and a lot of videos that I've put up. So Johan, you should check out those videos. I'm sure you yeah, have. I, 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 Steve, you're, you're the expert in this stuff. And I think, that, um, <laughs> you know, certainly um, I, you know, we talk a lot about paid acquisition and, and there's a lot of focus in, in the app world about paid acquisition. The, real, the reality is it's really hard to be a very large successful app without doing paid UA really well. However, having a healthy blend of acquisition channels, not yeah. all of them being pure performance paid acquisition channels is better for your business in the long run. It makes a more sustainable, healthy business. And in fact, even in our underwriting, and, and when we measure risk of providing funding, particularly for that UA funding product, we do look at how dependent a company is on a single channel, for example, mm. uh, versus you know whether whether they get meaningful organic lift from 
uh, other places. Uh, it's sometimes harder to track that than it is to track sort of pure play paid installs. However, we do look at a diversification of acquisition. It's nice to see when a company's, you know, their Facebook budget is only generating a third of their total new user growth, right? That's a, that's a good thing because they're, they're, they've found these other ways to grow their business to acquire users. And, and I think that's really powerful. Love that. I love that. Thanks for that, Mark. The, okay. Josh says, and I kind of want to address this. I must be missing something because in my opinion, there's a misconception on average success of apps for most indie devs with a low budget. It's extremely time consuming and doesn't work out. Josh, I think, you know, I did a virtual summit a couple, I think a couple of years ago where I interviewed a bunch of indies and depending, like Mark said, like depending on what your goal is, if your goal is right. to be the next unicorn or just build a business that you can self-sustain and be on your own, become an entrepreneur, there's been a lot of success stories within just our community, within this YouTube community. There's a lot of success stories out there. And so it's like, are you passionate enough? Are you driven enough to make it go? Because I've seen one app developer go from like just being at one of our events and doing like just like a prototype to now, you know, and I think she worked with you guys, Mark, to now like building a team. And mm -hmm. it's, it is like probably three or four years later, but I've seen the growth of, and it's just one of the great stories. And I was like, Sarah, come back on and show, share your success story. But it's there, you know, it's there if you're trying yeah. to look for it too. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the important thing here is how do you frame success? How do you define yeah. success? To just say, these guys are unsuccessful. They're, they they are successful. I think it really depends on the eye of the beholder, right? Like yeah. I, I define success differently than, than, a, than a peer. That doesn't mean uh, one of us is wrong. Um, success is what what you make of it. But, uh, you know, important thing here is perseverance is, is a big part of it, right? Um, perseverance is huge. Uh, even if you raise lots of venture capital, uh, you still have to be really, really dogged as an entrepreneur. You have to deal with the ups and downs. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, we, we've even with Bravo, we've built a great business, but there's, there's been ebbs and flows where we felt like we weren't executing the way we should have, but we stuck with it. And I think that, you know, part of just the entrepreneurial journey is recognizing that it's not always going to be great, uh, and you have to keep fighting and you have to keep working. Um, and you know, uh, so long as you're realistic about what you believe success to be uh, and what is possible with what you're doing. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity in the market for people to be successful on their own terms. Well put, Mark. All right, let's get into uh, why most people are here. They're going to want to take a look at some of the apps that we have that we're going to be auditing today. So we have Satya, who is this Kino app. So we have this Kino. She wants us to focus more on the ASO and the monetization side. So I have the app on my Android phone. We'll take a look at the monetization side. And Mark, I'm sure you can add a lot of insights onto the monetization side too. From a ASO perspective, I'll blow this up. You know, I think you think there's nothing wrong. Like you probably want to have Kino in here. And so you do have it. This is, I'm just going to assume this is the main keyword that you're trying to rank for. So you want to have these good keywords. I see that you're repeating in the subtitle too. So that's great. I want to kind of just see the other advice. And I, it so looks like she's using or he is using Kino a lot in the description, which is great. Now, what we said in the past is density, keyword density is way more important than length in long description. So it looks like it's pretty dense. What I'll also recommend, and I don't see you doing this, is using the H2 tags in your long description. Because just like Google SEO, right, H2 tags are important for Google. So think about that. It looks like you're not using any of these h2 tags think about using h2 tags and what i like to do mark is break out the long description as if i'm writing a blog post so those mm -hmm. h2 tags have the good keywords in there they're like you know the main title they're super short they don't have a lot of things in there and that's how i like to frame 
the long description to help with the ASO side of things. Yep. Anything you want to add here? Uh, yeah. So uh, the my, my team took a look. At one, one of the things that was um, that, that might be hurting monetization is, is it doesn't look like the app's been been uh, updated in a while. Mm. Uh, and so uh, one of one of the people on my team said, look at the the, the uh, because it hasn't been updated, it's not working on my new phone. And so, you know, you, 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 if, particularly if you're if you're paying for users, um, you're paying for users that can't actually get the the full monetization experience if it's not working on the phone. I don't know if this is the case for everyone here. Um, you know, it might just be a certain device, but but typically, like if you're not updating your app really regularly, um, you know, even if your monetization mechanics were good, if they're not working on the newer devices, for example, that's that's a that's a huge problem because you're just sort of missing out on a market. Opportunity. That was that was the biggest takeaway from from my team on the monetization side. Um, you know, the other thing was uh, the sort of experience of ads on certain pages that weren't sort of the game experience um, was really distracting. Like seeing an ad on a settings page, um, you know, that's just not a great user experience. I think Steve is frozen, or maybe I'm frozen. Mark, can you see me? Can you guys hear me? Sorry, I was frozen. Let me see. In. Do you see me at all? I can't hear anything. Let me do this. Mark? Hello. Hey, there you are. Sorry, Mark. You were saying I'm gonna go off a of camera because my computer completely froze. I'm on my phone right now. But you're saying something about the monetization that I missed. Uh, yeah, it was just about um, uh, the frequency that uh, of app updates. Um, if if you're not updating your app frequently and and, and new new devices come out or new operating systems, um, you know you, people can't actually interact with the app effectively. Um, so your monetization doesn't even matter because it's not. Uh, it's not, it, the app itself is not supporting for certain devices. Um, also, where where you place ads, whether they're um, you know, banner interstitials, um, having those having those ads primarily like within the within the game, where you know people are seeing ads, but they're also experiencing the game, versus having it a distraction on on pages where uh, they're functional pages, uh, utility pages, settings, things like that. That's just not a great experience for a user to see an ad on a settings page. Yeah, that is that is pretty bad to put it on the same. Let me try to get connected with my Android. So I should be back here. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, I think I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I was actually I was just looking at the um, the Google Play page on that app, and it looks like it was updated more recently. So I'm not sure if the uh, my teammate um, saw different information somewhere else, but in any case, um, the the app was not working effectively on his device. Yeah, and I'm trying to 
get the Android to show up on my phone right now and kind of show off that. But I love all the things that you kind of mentioned. Uh, it's supposed to be, you haven't granted. All right. Well, we'll, we'll move on. I apologize, cool. but I think that those were great insights by Mark. Let's take a look and then people are, okay. Hmm. Interesting. I want to see if there's a, a question that we can get to while I set up other things. Okay. Well, Joe says, this is great. Mark is a wealth of knowledge. Great content guys. Thanks Joe. <laughs> Joe's always here. So that's big praise for you, Mark. He's here week <laughs> in and week out. All right. Sam asked, do you recommend to try Google ads as a solo founder or hire agency for the ads? If yes, what terms should we follow if we hire an agency? What do you think, Mark? I, I mean, it's, it's about, um, there's no right answer. Uh, I think your time is obviously your most valuable resource as a, as a solo founder. Uh, and if your time as your most valuable resource is better allocated to product, um, then maybe you might need to hire an agency. But I, I would I'd strongly advise founders to start paid ads on their own to get comfortable with the platform. I would say that you as a founder know your audience better than anyone else. And if you have a very small budget, rarely will, will an agency um, be able to put their best, their best people on, a, on an app with a very, very small budget. And, and so what you end up getting is you spend some money on an agency that maybe works with big brands and has a lot of experience, but unless it's a very small agency, if you have a small budget, you're not going to get their best people. Uh, and so what it comes down to is understanding at least the fundamentals of how to do paid advertising for your app, understanding how to build audiences, um, understanding what the audiences react to, even if you're doing that with very small budgets, because you also then can, if you do choose to hire an agency or even a, even a single single person agency, you understand the metrics that they should be hitting to be successful. And so, so you can set expectations, you can manage them effectively. Um, if you just hire someone and say, I, like, help me do this, um, I would say that your founders should try to help themselves first. Um, you won't be effectively able to manage anyone, whether it's a full-time employee or an agency, if you don't have any idea or you haven't tried yourself and, and got a sense for how things should work. Great advice, Mark. I, I completely agree. You should know about it so that when you yep. hire an agency, you know that they're actually doing the right thing. Exactly. Otherwise you just, they'll just, yeah, break you for the money. All right. I think I'm all set now. So let's get into Marcus's app. I know Marcus, you were, we did this app on a podcast actually, where we kind of take a look at it and he's done some revamping. I think it's my internet that's causing some things. Let's see. Okay, cool. So Marcus just wants to think about retention and monetization. He's, he's doesn't the ASO side. He, he looks like it's good. UX and retention is the main mm -hmm. thing for him. So let's take a look at this, but the app looks great. Marcus yep. phenomenal. We, I know from the first time we saw it, it's, it's looking a lot better than when this time. So love the new screenshots, love everything else for this. All right. And then I want to share my iPhone so we can take a look at the UX and the retention. Any thoughts on your end, Mark, before I set this up? Set this you know, up. obviously UX is, is very much a subjective thing, uh, but, yeah. but I agree. I think that the design and the layout are nice. Um, the user experience seems quite good. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, there's we saw some concerns about it wasn't obvious exactly um, what you were getting or how something worked. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't as intuitive as it could be in some cases. Um, but, you know, like again, for, uh, uh, you know, a, a, an earlier stage business, uh, uh, you know, an app that's just still sort of in the, in the, in the, in the building phases. Uh, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good, it's a, it's a, it's a good product, I guess is the best way to put it. 
Yeah, it's looking good so far. Looks like yep. your first time here. Let's go through the podcast. So again, here's what I would do in this onboarding. Like it's a podcast app, right? Just in case people forget that it's a podcast app, really talk about the podcast app again. I think the screenshot was, what was it? Subscribe and manage your favorite podcast. So that's what Mark had in, Mark has had in the screenshot. So reiterate that. So I'm gonna go through, you can easily search and subscribe. All right, Mark your favorite, okay. Yep. It feels I do have heavy. some. I, I do. Have, so I was going to say the the the, yeah. the the feedback on these opening screens. Five is, is is seemed to be a lot with a lot of text, and 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 mm -hmm. a lot of text you lose your user really quickly with with all with you know with five of these screens. I don't know what your best practices are, Steve. Um, we were thinking three or four should be adequate, but yeah. much less copy. And 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 um, you know, I think that that's the biggest problem with these with these. Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine and past podcast guest, and he was talking about he was actually on a date, Mark. And <laughs> I think he was on a date. It just sounds sexier. Let's do that. He was on a yeah. date and he's showing the his date his app. And she while going through the onboarding, she stopped. She just exited. And he's like, What? And so he took out, he went from six to four, and he saw a tremendous increase in just user sign up after yep. he narrowed that down. So right now it's like Marcus, we know it's a podcast app, right? Like we think we understand it. What are your unique selling points and just make them big and bold and that's it. Like that would be my, it's just too much. I agree with everything Mark said. All right, so whoops. Okay, so you pop this up. This is great. Uh, so I think it's too green for me, but maybe that's okay with you. I think a designer could look at this and be like green and red doesn't really mix well. In my opinion, I like the seven days free. I like but no visual ads, personalized podcast and image. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't like, this isn't a huge selling point for me from a monetization perspective. Like why should I go premium? I don't, I don't know if there's a huge benefit, especially when other apps, podcast apps are free. So like, why should I go premium for you? Especially if I have an iPhone podcast app that is completely free. So I don't know if there's hard hitting benefits here. I guess let's look at the UX. All right, cool category. So it looks like you're looking at the top. Ah, so I've been listening to a lot of pod comedy podcasts. Mm, not exactly what I was expecting, but okay. Mm, all right, let's see. Let's see. I like Dax's podcast. So I'll help subscribe. I like how you're asking me here. I think from a UX perspective, Marcus, because you're asking for it, I would say try to hire a real designer because I think, you know, I know you a little bit, Marcus, but it it feels like a developer put this together, not a designer. And as a podcast, if I'm the newbie podcast listener, I'm probably like my wife, she's just using the podcast app on iPhone. And so if a podcast app, if I'm looking for a podcast app. I'm probably a hardcore podcast listener and I hate the default podcast app. And so you want to add a little bit more visual appeal to me. That's why I would probably use your app too. So I don't know. That's just my opinion though. Notify me. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a great point just about understanding your audience, you know, and, and, and if you're building a product for a certain audience, who is that audience? This is a, these are like podcast connoisseurs, right? Uh, people yeah. that have a refined taste. And uh, if they're willing to pay for it, you need to really show them what's so special about your, your product as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I know Joe always has good things to say. Joe says, innovative menu, navigation menu seems questionable. I don't know what, oh, I guess that is in his <laughs> screenshots. And then readability issues with the typography. Yeah, Joe's a designer, so 
he's talking about this. White text on yellow green backgrounds, very tough to read on such a small screen. Jeez, I think Joe's the wealth of knowledge here. I know he is. And I said, Joe, come <laughs> on. And it's, that's why he's always in the comments. It's, I love it. Yeah. Other than that, I think it's good. Like for me, when I'm listening to my podcast, I always want, let's say I've subscribed to it. So let's, let's knock out this and then I'll come back to it. Okay. So that's good. I like how it's not having it empty. So I can always add new. I see Dax again. All right. It looks like all unplayed. That's interesting. I like that. Again, I really don't like the green. It's driving me nuts. So, I, and Joe said it too. Joe's the designer. He said it, but I really, yeah, don't like this green stuff. Anyways, anything you want to add, Mark? No, I think I think we covered it there. Cool. And I think what I would do here too, Marcus, is and this is a critical error I see all the time. You hit me with the premium in the very beginning, but this main page, let's say you got me right, like I'm coming back to this because I'm I want to listen to my podcast. Where's the premium again? There's a lot of empty space. Show the premium again. Like, where can I subscribe? And I always point to simple apps like this. I'll give you guys, it's my real phone. Oh, where's this app? Okay, this is a very simple affirmations app that sends me push notifications with different affirmations. As you can see at the top, it says I am. There's a premium. So I can click that and then unlock the premium. So they're utilizing, they're giving me a lot of white space, but they also are saying, hey, here's the premium with this little crown. So I would do the same thing here, Marcus. Like you want to get people subscribing, right? You want to get people to pay. And this is to Bianca's point, like what if I'm making 10, less than 10,000? There are little critical UX changes that you can make that really help with the monetization. That's what we did with that Geometry Solver app too. All right, cool. We got some questions in here. Uh, I don't know if you got, I don't, I'm gonna toss this up, Mark. I don't know if this is something you can help out. Have you guys heard if Samsung contact an app with questions for partnership and uh, ask for pitch deck and videos like Samsung. Nothing, reaching out to you. nothing that I'm nothing that I'm familiar with. Yeah, me neither. Okay, let's skip that one. Sorry, Sam. All right, Vitaly asks, "Hey Steve, what's the best day of the week to check your keyword rankings? So if you have a baseline to compare week over week, rankings can be so different day to day." Yeah, that's true, Mark or Vitaly. I would say just compare week over week. Like that's yeah. how I normally do it. I wait until. So the way we do ASO analysis is if we were updating the app on a Tuesday and went live. So we would just get throw Tuesday away. We don't look at the metrics there. We look at Wednesday and I try to put like 14 days after Wednesday. And then let's say it's a Wednesday to a Saturday and I get like X amount of days. Then I compare the Wednesday to Saturdays previously to that update. And then I look at whether the app downloads grew or not, because you're right, Vitaly, like the keywords, the downloads all change day by day. So I don't know by best day of the week, if there's a best day of the week, I just kind of compare week over week type of thing. All right, cool. How you doing so far, Mark? Great. Okay. <laughs> Let me, <laughs> all things are going wrong, Mark. I have a double screen, a dual screen here that is not working this monitor. So unfortunately <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and forth with, I'm just using one monitor and going back and forth with how I share certain things. So bear with me. All right. English hero is finally here, Hugh. All right. We are y'all is okay. So y'all is here. ASO UX and monetization, which is the tar three that we're all thinking about anyways. All right. <laughs> English hero, English hero, speaking app, speak English conversation. All right. Well, straight off the bat, you know, like, it doesn't sound English to me. I'm sorry, like speak English conversation that doesn't sound very English to me. So I would try to rework that. If you're trying to 
teach somebody how to speak English, maybe have some good English in there, in my opinion. So English speaking app, cool. Maybe it's just like learn real English conversations. I like that. Interactive audio and voice detection, interesting stories and native content. More stories coming soon. Cool. Overall, that looks good. The, I think the icon, I've tried to make it more in, like somehow make it more English. If your keywords are like learn English or English conversation, you definitely want that. I don't know if speaking app has a lot of volume or English speaking app has a lot of volume, you know? So think about that. And then you, you don't need to repeat speak and speak English conversation. You don't need to have English. It used to work back in the days, but not so effective these days. What I would try to do is maybe put in like learn English you know, talk in English. So think through the keywords that you want to rank for that a little bit because it is a pretty competitive market. Also, get 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 some friends to rate and review. Um, yeah. You know, you need you need you need ratings and reviews. Uh, and I think that there, I think it was only one. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so it looks like they are optimizing. I think localization is going to be key here. I think I would look at the different countries that I want to try to target. And know you're localized for the Spanish market, the Spanish Mexico market. So I yeah. think for an app like this, maybe even think through all the different localizations because I can't see it here. It just says languages English, but what languages or what countries and what localizations you can target to get people to learn English essentially. Uh, okay. Any I had a couple of pieces of feedback. Yeah, from um, just I, I actually asked my team in, in Europe to review this. We we have a, a team in oh, Barcelona cool. and, and a couple of people who are uh, they're both in Barcelona, but neither of them are native to Spain. Um, one's from Turkey, one's from Bulgaria. But I thought it was a good a good group of people to look. Um, you know, their feed, they they obviously have experience with um, English language apps. Uh, their 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 feedback. Uh, they like the colorful design, bright videos, straightforward video tutorials. Those are the pros. Um, they really uh, focused, uh, you know. Uh, interestingly, I, you know, the, I, I also noticed the um, the fact that the the wording didn't seem like native English, but maybe that's not as obvious to people that are actually trying to learn English. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, for for us, it's like oh, this, it jumps out, but it doesn't necessarily for them. Uh, a couple of things they focused on, I think that they were comparing the this app to other English language apps. Um, the changing accents. Uh, there was a feedback about not being able to change accents that they mm -hmm. that they thought was was sort of could be done better. Uh, also. Um, the audio was not very responsive. Uh, so for the the one of the value props on those screens was um, uh, the audio playback or or um, instant feedback on the on recording. The uh, that didn't work very well for my team. So those were a couple of things, not specifically like monetization focus, but but just feedback on the app experience. In general, their feedback was it it's it's comparable to other um, sort of English language apps. And so for someone who's just you know building this on their own or or for a very small team, it's 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 a good good place to start. Yeah, I like it. And I, I think their your 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 onboarding experience, y'all, is a lot prettier than some of the screenshots that you have. I think I I like this. And I think when you're saying things like speak like a native, those are things that people want to. These are benefits that people want as well. So I like that. Sign in with Apple. Let's do that. I'll just hide it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. How well do you speak English? Let's say a little bit. What is your goal? Get a better job. Sure. I like this so you understand it. Mm. 
this is not working. I'm trying to understand, in, un, understand English culture. Oh, one or two. I can only put one or two. I don't know why. Why limit it, right? Like, I, I don't know why you want to limit that. But okay. I'll just let's see if the audio works on this. Nothing's happening here. Okay. <laughs> I don't like this. Nothing's. I couldn't click anything. It's just a video. It was confusing. I tried to tap. All right. UI is beautiful. I love this. The perfect costume. I don't know what that means. You picking a pet. All right. Let's let's pick one of these. Okay. This is free. Episode one. A handsome and quiet place recommended. So I guess we listen to this. I don't think it's a volume coming out. Oh, here. Mm-hmm. Okay. The UI is good. I don't know. Like the subscribe, here's what I always recommend to people. Oh, okay, they looks like they've been, they're doing the long pricing page, which I recommended in the past, Mark. So mm -hmm. I like this pricing page, but I, I think what I always recommend is show this, oh, here it is. I I would show this pricing page on the onboarding, just like Marcus did, because it's gonna help you. The thing about this is, it's not readable, like it is too busy. And the thing that I always point to when I'm showing you guys this is Reflectly a lot. And you can see that this is readable, like a designer put this together here where it's balanced, you know, there's some white space, there's success stories in here. So it feels way more, if you compare the two, there's a lot more spacing and it's a lot more readable than what you currently have, y'all. But I will hit continue just for you. Choose a plan, save. Again, I think the color schemes are a little bit off when I see this gray button. Now, it could be fine, right? Maybe the target audience that you're trying to rank for, but I feel like this feels a little bit like, uh, have you done a good enough job from a design perspective to want make me wanna pay? Whereas here, you know, it's clean. I can click and it looks great. The colors are good and you have, Oh, my light turned off. They're using two, you know, pretty much primary colors where you have three. I really don't like it when this happens. So think how you can really highlight this without making this, it's a sort of an eyesore looking at this too. All right. Good stuff, Mark. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Seems like you're not ready to describe, please. Okay. Sure, okay, let's see what happens. Mm, I like this. <laughs> I like this. I'm yeah. feeling confused. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Oops. All right. Cool. Anything else on your end, Mark? No, I mean, you you covered it. Cool. And I like how they put unlock full library. So that's there. I guess I'm supposed to speak. I think the, the layout looks beautiful. I like that you're highlighting this full library. Everything else looks pretty darn good in my eye. And then want to know when, oh, I like this. Want to know when new stories are released? Yes. I'm sure it's push notifications. Yep. Good stuff, y'all. Everything else looks great, man. Like, I think you're almost there. I like this little notification here for feedback. It's really cool. Wonder what you're using. Let me know what you're using in the comments of this little push, this little feedback thing. Everything else looks good. Cool. All right, Mark. We got one more. How are you on time? You got to run? Uh, I do have to run at one o'clock. Unfortunately, we have a, a all hands meeting every Friday at one Eastern well, time. So I well, let's do run. that then. Yeah, I'm going to, after Mark leaves, I'll take a look at that last app. It is getbravo.com. Look, Mark gave some really great 
insight on everything related to growing, what you should be using, what he's seen, anything else. So go check them out. It is getbravo.com. Once again, getbravo.com. Mark, if the audience wants to learn any or connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, well, uh, know that they go to our website, obviously, um, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, we have all the, all the typical handles, uh, my personal email, mark at getbravo.com. Um, send me an email. Awesome. And then if they really want to work with you, it's just, it's just a matter of getting, filling out the form on the website yep. or. Yep. Sign up. They can sign up, uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and follow the, the onboarding. Um, so again, uh, we have free analytics for any app developer. And, and then if you want uh, to access funding, um, you know, we can, we can, uh, there's a, there's a flow there as well. It's all, it's all automated. Um, so there's no need to sort of speak to anyone. Although typically we have uh, team members who will reach out and, and happy to have a conversation as well. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. It is once again, get bravo.com. Mark, you heard it from the audience, man. You did phenomenal yeah. work. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it, Steve. Uh, and uh, great talking to you and good luck to everyone out there who's um, trying to get their app businesses uh, moving forward. All right. Thanks, we'll Mark. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Let's take a look at the last app together. I will. We're going to talk about. Whoops. Let me do this. Fit image. Let me know, y'all, if that was helpful for the learn English. Man, my things are just not working pretty well in here. All right. <laughs> Bear with me, guys. All right. Fit image. Cool. We're super excited to talk about this. How to increase the impression and installs, how to rank higher than competitors. Sam, I think Sam is here, right, Sam? I think you're here talking about this. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for the feedback. Oh, custom made. Custom made is the, the little feedback thing. That's good stuff, y'all. All right, fit image. Let's get to Sam. Sam wants to increase his downloads and impressions. So let me take a look. How to increase and how to rank higher. All right. Sam, the instant tracking from your image. Okay, cool. I like that. It's trusted. I love this social proof. Great personalized charts, instant result. This is all good stuff. Now, the here's my oh, here's my thing on this is maybe because of fitness apps, what I normally see are these hot bodies everywhere in the first couple of screenshots. So maybe add that in here because that would make it more compelling. And that's what I'm used to seeing from a lot of screenshots for fitness apps. So think about that, adding that to the screenshot. Now, whatever your keyword, your main keyword is what I'm trying to say, whatever your main keyword is, definitely have it in the title, okay? So you're doing that here, I think. Fitness tracker for the number of ratings you have, you're going after two competitive of keywords. You wanna go after something that is gonna be a little bit less competition. And so it is a lot about keyword research and we can do that. And I can show you how to do that in a little bit too. And hopefully it's helpful for everybody, but it is just about doing a lot of keyword research. And what I would recommend is looking up who ranks well, here's what I've done actually here, bear with me. I'll do this right now for you guys. So I'm going to go to app follow. This is valuable because I just literally did this yesterday and I found some good keywords. Uh, so go to app follow. I'm going to go to search ads. I'm going to Go to live ranking first. So let's just say, Sam, your main keyword that you want to target was body measurement, right? Let's just assume. So I'm going to put body measurement. But usually, like, let's say it's meditation. Let's say it's other things. So body measurement tracker, body measurement app, all these things are coming up. Cool. Now, here's what I did, guys. So I looked at all the top search results. And here's what I'm really looking for is an app that is... So 
this keyword, it seems to me, Sam, doesn't have that much difficulty. Like you should rank for it just because, and I'm just basing it on what I'm seeing in the top search results, right? So I'm like, wow, there's one with 899. So decent reviews, but there's here's one with 98, all right? 288, 107. So they don't have a lot of reviews. Like you don't have hundreds of thousands of apps or reviews for apps that are showing up. So here's what I would do. I look at the top results. So there's 5,000, good amount of reviews. I find the one that is showing up like this one for nine, has nine reviews and has three stars. Hopefully this works properly. So my body measurements is the app. Now I will go to that and I'll put keyword ad recommendations. This worked really well yesterday. So hopefully this works well live, but I'm going to look up my body measurements. Okay. And then here's how I'm going to do keyword research, my body measurements. I'm going to try to find that out. Here it is. What I like about app follow is this particular tool. Now here's what I'm able to find because this app is ranking for your main keyword has nine reviews. It's the anomaly, right? It's the one that stands out out of all the search results. Why is this ranking number five? They must be doing something right. This is my hypothesis, right? So now I'm doing this and I'm now finding all these other keywords, Sam, that may be something that you want to rank for. So body measurement app 20. So it's not a lot of volume, but it is perfect to what you want, right? Body measurement tracker is probably another keyword that you want to rank for. What about just body measurement? I'm surprised that that's not just showing up. Maybe it has no volume body measure. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, it's not showing up by itself. Okay. I was hoping it'd show up, but here you have now a list of keywords that you can start thinking about and thinking through. And then unfortunately with search with I follow, I think you need the page subscription, but they don't have the difficulty scores. So I don't know, but body visualizer might be a good keyword has a lot of volume measurement body measurement tracker is the main keyword. And so what I would try to do is it won't probably fit in here, but kind of talk about like body measurement tracker. And here's what you can do, Sam, because this is in India. Oh, okay. Maybe you have more reviews in the US. You have a little bit more reviews. You have 14, what I saw. So what I would do is go into the Spanish Mexico. And then here I might lose fit image and put body measurement tracker because it's a long keyword. You can't, you're going to have to lose fit image on here. So I put body measurement tracker on the Spanish Mexico title, lose my app name, quote unquote, my brand name, and then have that in there and definitely have a different subtitle in here too, in the Spanish Mexico, it's going to help your US ranking. All right. So that's going to really help with your growth there. How to increase impression. And that's how you really hang rank hi higher. You didn't want me to take a look at the app and we're going over time anyways, but that's how you do all that. Helpful to you guys. Let me know. What do you think, Sam? All right. If there's no other questions, thank you guys so much for joining week in and week out. Joe, it's always good to see you. If you guys want to get your app audited, Definitely go check out this link at masters.com slash audit at masters.com slash audit. I'll give it a second just to see if you guys have any questions. And then we're going to do my favorite part of the show. It is called the lame meter And I hope you guys are enjoying this as well. I've got a joke for you guys. Now, again, I'm looking for scores of one. If you think it's funny, you want to put one. If you think it's not funny and super lame, then put number 10. All right. Here it is. What? Where's my joke? <laughs> <laughs> guys, I always go on Reddit dad jokes and it's my favorite.
place for finding jokes, but I found one and unfortunately my computer froze. I lost my joke, but here is my joke. All right, here we go. Ready? What do you call a depressed man with a robotic arm? Again, what do you call a depressed, sad man with a robotic arm? A cyborg. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for joining. Who's up for next week? I'm not sure, actually. We will, if you guys want to get access to that app audit, just fill out that form. We do send everybody, just so you guys know, we do send you an email on Monday or Tuesday. My team handles it. But letting you know that you're going to be featured, we're going to be featuring it. We would love for you to join in the comments because it just helps out to figure out what's happening. We do have a long list, but if you just go to that website, you'll get on there as well. Sam enjoyed it. Thank you, Sam. Cool. Alex, lame. I like it. You know what? I want either a one or a 10 or a two or a nine. Those are great scores for me. Thank you guys for joining today. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanksgiving's coming up. So next week, it's probably just going to be a solo episode. We're going to dive deeper when I do solos, you know, what I'll do is dive deeper into some of the ASO topics, into some of the growth strategies for you guys and answer any questions that you have and try to share some of these new tips that I just found through app follow as well. And so I hope that app follow was helpful. If you like that app follow tip, give me a thumbs up, man. And then if you guys are watching this and haven't subscribed, make sure you hit subscribe to that YouTube channel as well. Thank you guys for joining. I don't know what else to say. Have a great weekend and I'll see you guys next week. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.